0: Thank you for listening to Knockin' Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company.
1: Here at Knockin' Doors Down, we share the stories of people who overcome adversity. You know that already, but what you may not know is that our partners at the Carlos Vieira Foundation aim to help people who struggle with their own adversities as well. The Carlos Vieira Foundation helps those in need through their race for autism, race to be drug-free, and race to end the stigma campaigns. You can also choose the Carlos Vieira Foundation as your charitable organization on Amazon Smile to contribute as well. To learn more and support these causes, check out all the info at carlosvierafoundation.org.
2: The mamba mentality is definitely real. And every morning when I get up and I hold myself in a plank position for, for two minutes and it's hurting and it's burning, but I, I hold it, that's like my tribute to him. Anything that I do when I and, and I put... My whole effort behind it, and if you for it to be a failure, it would be my tribute to him.
0: It's knocking doors down. Jason here with you, a background of uh, addiction and alcohol and divorce, all those wonderful things, childhood trauma that make me, well, the person that I am to talk. Got Mikey here with me. What is going on, people? Mikey's had some struggles with substance abuse, and the handsome Chris Moreno. Hey, guys. Sitting in with us. Good to see you again. Yeah, I've had my own... uh... Ups and downs, especially the hardest thing I
1: ever quit was cigarettes, man. That was a heck of a battle, Uh Uh, and I still battle daily with uh, trying to balance alcohol out in my life, Um, but it's it's a constant, ever-changing thing that I just got to stay on top of.
0: Well, speaking of that, we got Lamar Odom today, and you want to talk about some man that's been through some ups and downs. Uh, We get into losing his mom as a child. Of course, his father, very bad addiction uh, history there. What it was like growing up in his neighborhood. Some of his mentors that he found, including Phil Jackson. Mm -hmm. We also get into Kobe Bryant. uh, Touches a little on Kobe. Yeah, how that helped him look at his purpose in life. And uh, you got to hear it in the interview when he gets there. You can hear some real emotional hurt, but also out of that, how he was able to uh, transition as he continues to find purpose for himself. Some profound statements he had on it. If you're catching the podcast, maybe for the first time, subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app. Leave us a five-star rating, a review, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Of course, go to kddmediacompany.com slash podcast. And stick around for after the interview. Uh, we'll sit and discuss, uh, spawned off of what Lamar talks about concerning Kobe Bryant and him passing away, what that meant in his life. So Chris, Mikey, and myself kind of discuss how we've gone through that in life and and take that loss in general, uh, be it whatever it is, especially with a loved one, and and try to find the positive silver lining and and the lesson from it because end of the day, it's all how we see this stuff and what we take away from any of our experiences. Definitely. So uh, stick around for that. We're going to get to Lamar Odom here in a second. Just a reminder the Carlos Vieira Foundation. If you go to carlosvierafoundation.org, there is the uh, 5150 energy drink, and we've stopped production on that. We've got discounted prices on it with all the funds going directly to the Carlos Vieira Foundation. And it's three programs the Race to Be Drug Free, the Race for Autism, and the Race to End the Stigma, That's which right. focuses on mental health. And again, if you want more, CarlosVieiraFoundation.org. All right, guys, we'll be back with Lamar Odom. Mikey
3: Lamar Odom with us. Yes, sir. Lamar Odom, how you doing, man? It's a good day to be alive considering the alternative. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. Absolutely.
0: Well, Lamar, I want to start off. Uh, one of my best friends, he went to San Diego State and played against you in college. And uh, so I thought it was a good way to start. His, he said the day he knew he was not making it to the NBA was the day he played against Lamar Odom. <laughs>
2: oh, man. Well, I hate to, I hate to um, ruin his dream. <laughs> Just by being myself, I don't know, I'm just here living, trying to, trying to live my best life now, I guess.
0: Lamar, let's um, kind of jump back a little bit, fill people in on that that may not know some of your backstory. Tell us a little bit about young Lamar growing up in uh, South Jamaica, Queens.
2: I was raised by my, by my mother until she left her life to colon cancer. I was 12 years old. When it happened, that was um, really shocking. Luckily, um, at that age, I had my grandmother and that damn basketball. And I, I can remember the, the day she passed. I went to the park and just shot the ball for hours and among hours. It was um, drug-filled neighborhood, mm-hmm. Not a lot of crack selling, um, but it was a really uh, close neighborhood. My, my, my family, my grandmother moved on, uh, on on that block in 1957. Oh wow. Everybody in the neighborhood knows my family. So I was protected by the neighborhood, by my talent and, uh, and my family's reputation. So I was lucky. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you say that, so was it basically because of your family's reputation? And I know, you, um, you know you've spoken about how strong of a woman your grandma was and influence in that neighborhood. Was it pretty much people knew the drug dealers, gang members, was were staying away from Lamar?
2: Yeah, nobody ever asked me to um, sell drugs or participate at, at such an early age. I was... Um, my name at that point was, you know, my, my friends called me Lamar, but the older uh, people in the neighborhood called me Mercer, which was my uh, my mother's maiden name.
0: What was the one thing that your um I heard your mom said something very valuable to you prior to her passing about how to treat people?
2: Yeah, just treat people uh, the way you want to be treated. She whispered when she was dying, just to be good, um, and that's what I'm trying to do, just to keep her memory alive. Yeah, and actually, when you were talking about your friend who who's doing so many things for um, helping kids, I almost just got some ideas. So thank you for that.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, hey, we're always here if you ever want to reach out, kind of see what we do, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have a situation when the COVID situation lightens up that maybe we can bring out you out to our uh, our area here in Central California to talk to some of these youth and uh, and uh, pass on that that kindness uh, that. that uh, it's so important in, in mentorship. And speaking of mentorship, uh, let's talk about Jerry, your, your high school coach. What, what did he um, mean to
2: your, you? Yeah, he's like um basically played like a, a role as like a surrogate father for me. Um uh, was definitely um he's Christian, Christian background, so he's a, a man of uh high standards. As a matter of fact I'm going to his uh and him have a basketball camp coming up. Uh, I'm just going to hang out with the kid and try to spread some basketball knowledge. When I was um, doing um, bad in, in school, he kind of took me in to live with him my senior year of high school and I was able to graduate from his high school. I wasn't able to play because uh, it was too late when I had checked into his high school. Still to this day, he plays a, a major role in my decision-making. My decision-making because of fucking drugs was, was, was so horrible. I think I'm just now trying to step into manhood, hold myself accountable, be present every day, and and stay drug-free.
0: Yeah, that's a real challenge, I know what you mean about the um, being present. With that, you know, obviously having on your father's side a uh, background of addiction uh, I know that as an addict, you got to forgive yourself and some of your indiscretions, but have you been able to kind of forgive that of the indiscretions of your dad? I know you've put efforts of, with, with him being in your life.
2: I think um, in a, probably in the last uh, 15, 20 years, me and my father have you know, grown closer. You know, I, I think I've realized I've only had one dad. And, you know, once I got to the um, to the situation where it was like almost like looking in the mirror, yeah once i got once I got to the point where I was able to uh, i guess uh forgive myself and move on it kind of started with uh, with the forgiveness of me forgiving my dad for all the um all the mistime
0: yeah it, and it's such a, a an important thing because uh you know we can't go back we don't get to go back right no 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 and, and
2: but energy is energy is important to me. So, you know, having good energy in my presence and also giving off good energy is really important to me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, what have some of the coaches throughout your career, such as a, a Phil Jackson, meant to you? Because, again, you know, mentorship is, is so important. You still talk about, you know, being such – Jerry being such a presence in your life. So I was wondering, you know, what was – someone like a Phil Jackson or, or playing with Kobe that, uh, you know, out on the road maybe, you know, kept you in line because uh, you get out there, you're on the road, it's disorientating, I'm going to assume, and and some of those yeah, demons well, can sneak yeah, in, right?
2: Yeah, I think um, especially, you know, in, in the quest uh, with having, uh, you know, Lakers, I always was able to, like say, you know, in the summertime, okay, cocaine, when I got the Lakers jersey on, I was disciplined enough to choose not to do, do cocaine. I guess mainly one of the reasons why is because, of course, when you get um, caught um, doing cocaine during the season, is two years suspension.
0: Oh,
3: shit.
2: So I was always secretly using cocaine in the summertime.
3: Now, you don't need to say any names or anything like that, Lamar, but was it like, was the temptation always there? Like, were there other players or associates around you constantly doing it? Like, being I mean, out
2: you know, on the road? No one was on my team constantly doing it. Right. But, but you can imagine um, being a Laker uh, as a sportsman, I would say. The only equivalence probably would be in in as a rock and roll star.
3: Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, of course,
2: when you're a rock and roll star and you have a little bit of money um, and everyone knows you, of course, you always have um, everything at just a phone call or a grasp away.
0: Yeah, and I. Do you think maybe not having the the presence of of dad there and things like that that so you just didn't develop those protection mechanisms from certain people and so when you know like you well, said it, it, Lakers it, is being a rock star man you're gonna get attention all over the place yeah I mean it
2: could have been it but it could have been also me not knowing how to identify uh, me being an addict sure you know or, or having an addiction to something
0: yeah. Well, was your mindset up <laughs> one time that it was just like, hey, I, this is the off-season. This is how I want unwind for the off-season. I'm going to have my fun. And
2: Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, but, you know, that shit was the um the road to hell, bro. The never-ending road to hell. And um, I could I can really honestly say, you know, my grandmother used to always say something. She used to always say, Lamar, if you want to make God laugh, tell me your plans.
4: Yeah.
2: I'm not saying that I... I I deserve to be poisoned that night when I went to that fucking brothel after going through that divorce with Chloe. Mm-hmm. But, but that's what happened that night. And honestly, guys, I didn't use drugs that night. So yeah. that was like an assassination attempt, I would say. Well,
0: with, um, the, with that, do you think there is a situation, obviously, you go to a brothel, the the workers there, to coin, the term for whatever it is, no judgment, but that, hey, this is a way we can get more money out of this guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was fucked up. But my my ex manager had um, had text messages from the workers um that night saying that they don't they don't understand why David uh, would try to do something like that to me. They, they didn't see his reasoning for doing something like that to me. So I mean, obviously he or himself or had someone poison me or poise or put maybe even shoot me or something. But that shit was fucked up. That shit put me in a coma for a fucking three days.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I had twelve strokes and six heart attacks. Holy shit! Um, yeah, all of my family were told, you know, say your final, the um, last regards. Oh damn! Your the your nephew or whoever I was to my family basically pronounced dead.
0: Yeah, I remember when that occurred. I had um, <laughs> my my ex wife and I through the uh, through the Lakers championship run, and she had a. Had a Lamar jersey and uh, boy, when that happened, she was the first one to inform me, and uh, you know it was tears because the you know that Lakers lineage goes deep for me as a as a child. Um, what was it like when you were getting out of that? You know, people have told you, you know, told you what you know. Say your last rites. What what the hell was it like yeah. Lamar to make that recovery process like coming
3: to? Yeah,
2: because of that. Because of that situation, like right, um. Using cocaine or any other hard um, substance is just, uh, I really, uh, I refuse to go down there again. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a blessing. Because, um, you know, you definitely is, uh, got a greater impact by being here and reaching out to, you know, the youth, especially, and uh, hopefully giving them a cautionary tale of, of the actions and courses that, that you took.
2: You know, and me just, you know, staying uh, you know, hard, drug uh, free is just my, my thanks. Like damn, God! I did all those drugs. Here go my boy Kobe was just taking his daughter to a damn game. Yeah, he was just with those other people. Like, why me? You know what I'm saying? But obviously, I'm here for a reason, and I think my reason is to get back, man.
0: Well, I th- I think so too, um, Lamar. There's a it was a great interview we did with a, a singer a gentleman named Scott Stapp, um, lead singer of a band rock band called Creed, and he has a song called Purpose for Pain, and there's some great lyrics in that, and I I think it's such a blessing that you're really seeing this now, this adversity that that and the stuff that you went through to become your advantage.
2: I think I'm still trying to really like trying to find my um my purpose and my drive and, and, and how I re- really want to live these last 60 some odd years of my life.
0: Yeah. If, if you don't mind, can we uh, go in and talk about um, what the relationship was like and, and what Kobe meant in your life? Cause I know, you know, that kind of a, of a loss of friendship and a teammate and someone you went to battle with. Uh, how did you obviously, you know, being clean and sober, how, how did you, deal with that as opposed to the coping mechanisms of before and the using of cocaine and such.
2: Oh, you no, know, it, it's crazy that you said that because um, losing Kobe definitely would have been a, um, a reason to use cocaine, try to um, feel that pain with, with, with something else. But I I think for me it just, like he would say, just put the fucking ball in the basket. Like <laughs> a, no, a no is a no, you know what I'm saying?
4: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: You know, I think that's the biggest um, thank you and, and thumbs up I can give to anybody in my life or anybody that was in that, that um, hospital room or any of my fans. The biggest thank, thank you to them will be not to do cocaine anymore. Yeah, and a no, it's just a no. But, but Kobe, um, he, 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 he meant a lot to me. Learned a lot from him. How to put myself first which he used to call the, the healthy selfish. And, um, you know, he'll be we'll be connected. I mean, through basketball, through winning, all those damn practices, <laughs> and, and bringing out the best of me at 10 in the morning, when I didn't even want to be there. And just showing me how to strive for greatness. The mamba mentality is definitely real. And every morning when I get up and I hold myself in a plank position for, for two minutes, and it's hurting and it's burning, but I, I hold it. That's like my tribute to him.
0: I love um, anything it.
2: Nice. That I, anything that I do or when I and, and I put my whole effort behind it and, 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 and refuse for it to be a failure it'll be my tribute to him. Um, me spending time with my children will be my tribute to him. I mean, he's um, been a part of my life in so many ways. I've learned from him. You know, just by putting myself first. Well, um, and that, like, I, like, I, like I was able to do that, um, that you film a reality show the same year. Yeah. You know, putting myself um, first in the right situation.
0: I mean, I think that if we are not, you know, people think that that sounds selfish. Um, but if you're not putting yourself first, you can't be there for anyone, right? Your kids, your lady. Oh, what's which we understand you're yeah. you're engaged. Uh, if we're correct on that, congratulations. But if you're not, you're not taking care of yourself and handling your shit. You're not there for anyone.
2: Yeah, right, right. And with me, it was the um, I wasn't I wasn't present enough when I was in coach. Right? right. Yeah. Th-
0: that's um, interesting. You talk about presence, Lamar, because I, you know, and what I'm hearing from you was Kobe had a similar mentality to. Uh, to like a Michael Jordan, and and uh, you know, recently Mikey and I've torn through the uh, the Bulls documentary, and there's one of the individuals oh, yeah. that talked about that ability for mm. the for Michael to be present. And I've heard the same thing about Kobe, and that that rubbed off that he was very much present in the moment.
2: Yeah, in the moment, Carpet Diem. I mean, yeah, it's, just, it's about being in the moment, being present, being grounded. Right. Uh, no matter what um or ratchiness is going on around <laughs> you just to ground yourself and yeah. stay present take, take a deep breath focus on what's, what you really need to focus on and what's in front of you. How, are you
0: how do you do that now you know having gone through the recovery with your cocaine um addiction with your kids with your lady with uh figuring out who Lamar Odom is now and a in a direction. I
2: meditate, deep breathing, focusing, you know, on what should you need focus on. Plant medicine.
3: I heard. Rumor has it you went. Are you vegan
2: now, Lamar? Yeah, I, I just came back from a um from a place called Hippocrates. Okay. You guys can look it. It's a um it's a health institute where they practice raw vegan eating.
3: Nice.
0: And how are you feeling after that? That's pretty interesting. Uh, I feel- I feel really good. I
2: feel clear. My, my mind is clear. My energy is up. I don't I don't know if I can go raw vegan the rest of my life. But I promise but I promise to go vegan and just make sure I have a salad every day.
3: How long so uh, how long has it I been?
2: I went uh I went twenty it was like twenty three days ago. That oh nice. Okay. nice.
0: Okay. Now was this yeah, a, I, I think, Go ahead, sorry. I think I wanna I wanna try
2: to Give myself a shot to play basketball again too. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. And when you I say that
0: to... what's the goal? I mean get get back to the NBA, play in Europe, South America, no, China.
2: I, I, but... I think if I get in shape, I have a friend right now who's playing basketball in Hong Kong. Okay. And um he, he has his agent working um for me. And his agent said if I get in shape there's a possibility that I could go to Brazil or Hong Kong. Nice. Maybe toward the end of the year. Hell, yeah. So I don't really, I don't really know about the Hong Kong. So <laughs> if you need to Brazil, I would definitely be Brazil.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, got a, uh, I taught uh, high school for five years. I got a, a young buck. He's down in Australia, and he loves it. But I think he also played in Brazil, so it was a great experience. But, man, I'd love to yeah. see the number seven out there on the court Get again. Get back out there, Lamar. You got this. I mean, I think
2: I lost a lot of, like, my – um became natural to me mm-hmm. um, as far as like, my ball handling. Like my ball handling, dude. but if I work on it, I feel like I'm, I can get it back. Right. It's a, a, lot, a lot of my, um, my basketball timing, my rhythm. Uh, along um, in that coma, I felt like I lost it, but I feel like if I play basketball enough, I, I can get it back.
4: Yeah.
2: Maybe help across cross the water, try to win something. Like the basketball George Foreman.
4: <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> you still got a few <laughs> knockout punches left yeah. my man that's for sure yeah,
2: trying to get back out of that 40 I, uh, a, I so chose a, a, a fucking age to try to send back playing basketball
0: age right? is just a number man it's all about how you feel yeah I told <laughs> I told this dude the other day Lamar he was going on my, on about a friend of mine I'm, I'm 48 my fucking life's behind me I said you only know you're 48 because you know the day you were born man that's all bullshit yeah. mentality you want to do it do it
3: you're right so how do you feel about uh the NBA bubble going on? All of that, you know, being in Florida or where are they at? Yeah, Florida. Florida. Yeah. I'm just I'm just
2: interested. You guys play NBA two K? I do. Yeah. I'm just interested in a new NBA two K all that, you know how they show the stadium and shit like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they're gonna go all the way down that to that and have the bubble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we get but a Le- we get a LeBron yeah. James with a face mask on, special yeah. edition character. Yeah, it's a- it's gonna be crazy.
2: I know they're probably gonna add some crazy shit to it. So <laughs> they're I'm gonna excited. do
0: something with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited yeah. to see how that Just is. Being there in Orlando, they got fucking Mickey Mouse in the stands yeah. and Donald Duck and yeah. shit. Yeah.
2: I think. I think the NBA um coming back is 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 good. Just for America. Right? Yeah. Sports are big. Sports are a big part of America. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. Could you imagine like America with no sports?
0: Dude, it's been tough. We did for a couple months and that shit is boring. It is. It is. <laughs> it is tough because really, like I
2: don't it, it takes some time it'd be hard to adapt, but I'm 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 really um happy that the NBA um is coming back. Give these guys a swing. entertain us as well. Yeah. And compete at a high level. I'm interested to see how they do the playoffs and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I been- know what they I know I know what they really want is that the um the Clippers and the Lakers end up in the championship now
0: yeah, yeah. That would be pretty dope. It's, right? That would be that, is, that is, right? <laughs> my team's that out is. of
3: it, so, I mean, I, at this point, it's probably going to be the – I'm a Warrior fan, so they're not happening, so it'll oh, probably no, be like. <laughs> and we had a rough, you know, Clay being hurt, Steph, you know, well, off you, and on hurt. We'll be back next year. Though. You'll be back next year. Next year will be cool. Next year will be cool.
0: We'll see. I I, I got my, my, my purple and gold ready to go, man. I think that uh, – I, <laughs> I got
3: respect for all the te- – like, LeBron <laughs> – You know, arguably one of the greatest players ever Right next to, you know, Kobe and MJ But, you know, it's just it's You gotta tip your hats to, you know, the greats Like, yeah, I'm a Warrior fan, die hard But, you know, you gotta recognize legends, you know And that's what I do So more power to them And I
0: wish LeBron and the Lakers the best for the rest of the season Speaking of Lakers or different great players Who was the biggest shit talker you ever played with and or against? Oh, that was a good one
2: that's crazy, Kevin Garnett.
0: Oh, I could totally see
3: that. I could totally see that. Stop talking. <laughs> all, he, you
2: don't know if he's talking to you, <laughs> talking to himself, trying to hype himself up, trying to hype his team up, because he always play like middle linebacker for whatever team he playing on for his defense. Right. So always talking. Always talking shit. <laughs> always talking.
3: Okay, so there so was that. My, oh, my
2: go ahead. Probably my biggest competition.
3: Biggest competition? That was my question. Was like, who was the biggest? Okay, so Kevin Garnett as well. Garnett,
2: he, 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 I know I had to have my, my chin strapped on that yeah.
0: Now, was it on both ends of the courts or was it more, uh, you know, no, having no, to stop him on, defensively? On
2: both, on both ends. Mm. On both ends. He's a beast and it's hard. He's a tough motherfucker <laughs> to get around, too. Man, he's tough.
0: Yeah, he's got that big ass uh, arm span. I mean, not oh, that you, you don't, but he's shit. When I I seen him with so
2: much he played with so much energy. Mm-hmm. And, and he's a, he's an extreme. He's a student of the game. He knows the game. Plays with a lot of energy. Great talent. One of the best I've ever played against. Easy, mm. Hands down.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was it uh, like? You know, there's a lot of, of course, the, you know, the documentary out now and we see a lot about Phil Jackson and what was it like we're, being with Phil and what kind of lessons did he really pass on that uh, maybe even now that it's like, shit, I didn't get it then, but now that I'm in recovery, you know, the cocaine use is behind me and does any of that kind of mentorship pop in your head?
2: Well, Phil is extremely cerebral and he was a um, kind of like an indirect teacher. As far as basketball, he would use a lesson that somebody else was going through to kind of teach you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, a lot of his um, philosophies and and everything will, 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 will stay with me for a lifetime because he's an amazing teacher and to 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 be an amazing coach, that's the one thing you have to be as an amazing teacher. So you have to understand personalities, and culture, and, you know, the kids will be from. Yeah, I, I I did a great deal of learning. So.
0: I was gonna say, I think that's that one thing that people don't understand about the importance of being a mentor is really understanding where people, someone comes from. And I was I was talking with a, a friend of mine you know, about my time when I was a high school teacher, and I still have a lot of students to keep in contact because the way I valued and tried to see what they were coming from, what they were going through, and that allowed them for them to open up their minds to me. I mean, and I see that as a parent and, and, you know, and what we're doing now.
2: Hell yeah. I mean, trying to understand people, you know, you have to have patience, I would would say. And um, that's the one thing Phil taught. You never calls timeout, right? He doesn't get rattled. Just having patience with people and, and understanding, being able to understand. Yeah. I think you if you if you if you uh, have those uh two personality traits and you'll be able to understand anybody. At any given time you'll be able to coach football and won't even understand football. Hmm.
0: <laughs> that would be me. I don't know what a nickel dime is, man. Are you that uh, shit would <laughs> <fuck> me <laughs> What defense are we running? The one where you stop the ball from moving. Okay, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. oh shit. Uh, Lamar, what's one thing you would kind of like, we, we do have a lot of people that maybe have loved ones that are struggling with uh, with an addiction or they themselves are kind of on, you know coming on the other side of it. What's one thing you might want to let people know that, that was of a value to you when you started to get through your recovery, getting away from the cocaine and, and getting a clear perspective on life?
2: Well, if you, if you find God and, and use your family as a crutch, communicate with your higher power you you could put anything in your know anything you can overcome if you if you find strength in god and in your higher power and, and practicing self-discipline and you have to really want it there's no plan with no no let let me let me do a bump air you know at like this um you have to really really want it. you can't play with sobriety
0: absolutely not it has to be the the main part you have to want it more than than you want that pain that uh, you're feeling due to you know the use or the trauma or whatever f- that sobriety far more than any damn thing on the planet
2: you have to really want it
0: so Lamar we got a few couple just
3: fun random questions that we're gonna fire off at you you ready yeah what are your pet peeves
2: like to be in a small room and have like insects in the room. Oh, okay. <laughs> like yeah. rope. <laughs> shit like that. I that feel
0: it's fucking annoying. We get in Mikey's car or my car all the time when we're commuting to and from the studio and goddamn flies and shit and you're like, "Oh, motherfucker." Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, no. I I, I got in my car yesterday and there was this weird ass spider. Mind you, we're parked out in the middle of nowhere. Like we live in city areas, but where we work is out in the middle of nowhere. So I'll see random ass bugs I've never seen before and shit and it's just, yeah.
0: All right, Lamar, we got another rapid question for you. Uh, if you could have dinner with anyone, just one person, living or not, who would it be and why? Jesus. Wow. Why is that?
2: I would ask him, did he fulfill his mission? Are he proud of his children? What could I do to make it better?
3: Well, that beats the hell out of my answer. My answer was like Robert De Niro. You know, this salmon, this salmon, Mikey.
0: You want on, this salmon? On these
3: shoes, these shoes.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Um, so, what do you think, looking back at this particular point in your life? What do you think is your greatest achievement that you are most proud of?
2: I'm trying to make up the lost time that I had because of my NBA career and my addiction. It's, Making up that lost time with my children, Yeah. No. right now at, at this moment as we speak, because they um they accompanied me. They they went with me to my um, property to the public institute for three weeks. Oh wow! And learned about um, healthy living, and how we could expand our time on this earth together. So that time was important for me. And I would say that'll be my, my most proudest moment
0: because yeah.
2: that's like a comeback story in itself
0: that is man because you know I I have two kids just to share a little bit and you know the job we do is regulating their emotions and um, their self esteem and, and everything their self perception is that uh, it's a blessing to hear you doing that man because we can put to uh, rest any lineage of addiction and addictive behaviors uh, just by being yeah. present for our kids man that's so fucking awesome I love it thanks bro Mike, you got anything else you want to ask Mr. Lamar Odom before we uh, let him go on his way?
3: Not ask you anything, but I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time. It's really an honor talking to you and all that. It's just I am was looking forward to it all week, and it's thank you for your time, bro. Yeah,
2: oh, well. No problem, brother. I want to make sure I get you guys' numbers so I can stay in contact so I can shoot out your boy who wrote that book.
0: Yes, oh, please. Yeah, um, and actually, we are going to send you a, a copy of that book. Uh, as well. So we'll get that, that out to you as well. And we got some of the uh, the 5150 uh, merch we'll, we'll send your way as well. And then, uh, yeah, we definitely want to keep in contact when this stuff is open up. That's a big part of our mission is bringing out people that have been there, been through it, and that can influence uh, the youth, adults. We don't care who it is, whatever. It helps to get people clean and realize that they can live a purposeful life is is what this mission is all about. So, you know, you coming on here um, using, you know, your, your status as someone that's been in the public eye and sharing your story like this makes all the difference. Cause it, you know, we're, we're hoping there's a, the, the, the one person like me, that's a Lakers fan, that this is just like the coolest fucking thing. One of the coolest interviews I've ever done in my life. Um, you know, and we can, we can make a difference and it's a, it's a real honor and pleasure. So. Lamar, thank you, man. You know, keep on that great and and kick-ass righteous path, and uh, you are an example to folks out there.
2: I will, bro. I'll be in in touch, bro. I promise.
1: The Knocking Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of eight and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out CarlosVieraFoundation.org.
0: Well, thank you again, Lamar Odom. That was uh, that was pretty damn cool. As a childhood uh, fan of the Lakers, still, man, uh, pretty cool to talk to one of those guys. I saw play on the court many a time, and good to good to hear some positivity in his voice and finding a real uh, purpose for uh, everything he's gone through.
3: I'm still kind of like. Wow, at the bunny wrench situation, I I thought he was under the influence of something like most certainly. Yeah, and then when he said he wasn't, I was like, oh shit, that okay. was a big revelation. Can't believe all the uh, tabloids and what right? you hear. I mean, you know, yeah. till you talk to him
1: and all that stuff about Kobe, man. I just didn't know how uh, how close they were and and what a um, what a major blow that was for him uh, losing losing a friend, basically a family member, yeah. uh, and just kind of how he uh took that and turned it into a positive thing was really uh inspiring.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: you can imagine what all the Lakers feel because it's like I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge basketball fan. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I'm a Kobe fan, just like I'm a LeBron James fan. You got to sure. recognize, you know, these legends. Like Michael Jordan, I'm not a Bulls fan, but I love Michael Jordan. You know, LeBron James pisses me off when he plays against <laughs> the Warriors, but you still respect, you know, his game and when Kobe sure. passed, it was like we were all As, you know, fans just super bummed out. And you can imagine what these guys who have played with him, who look at him as like a brother, you know, and all that. And then he just instantly goes. Just, you know, just wake up one day, then you hear something, then you got to check all the sources. That can't be real. That can't be real. And it is. And when Lamar was talking about why he's still here and Kobe was just taking his daughter to a game, it was really heartbreaking. It really is.
0: Yeah, and and relating as an addict, you know, with choices that I've made where it's like I could – there's so many situations that happen where I could easily just not be here. And it's that kind of finding sure. purpose. And and the last time I had you know, really fallen off and, and struggled was losing my best friend's mom. It was like, she was fine. Saw her two and a half weeks before that. Vance case of sepsis, gone. Just like that. Within hours. And mm-hmm. it's... And it's you know, I, I could relate, and it was kind of a little hard when we were talking with the Mikey to hold it together because it took me right back to that place and how we find purpose after we lose someone that's so significant to us. You know, he was talking about the black mamba mentality, mm-hmm. you know, the selfless selfish, as he called it, you know, yeah. where it's and it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. You got to focus on yourself first, otherwise,
1: nothing else is going to be right. No. And that was like one of the major takeaways that he had, and you could. He mentioned it a couple times during the interview, um, just how he's trying to focus on himself, get his head right. It sounds like he's eating better, uh, trying to be in a positive place. So it sounds like, you know, when something super tragic like that happens in your life, it's easy to just go in a hole and and try and shut the world out and just, you know, go on a downward spiral, so to speak. But it sounds like he did the exact opposite and really focused on how important his life was and how fortunate he was to to be alive still and, uh, you know, make the best of it, right? Well,
0: but it definitely was uh, interesting to to hear that mentality. I mean, have you guys been through a situation too where you've had that and it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, what's my outcome from here? What's my lesson from here? How do I take this and and go forward? As he said, it's almost like, yeah, I got to honor that. I got to honor that Black Mamba mentality. Sure. I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, looking, thinking back uh, to one of my childhood things that happened uh, on my soccer team, there was a kid that um, he he got killed just by he was riding his bike home, got killed by a drunk driver. And he was on our soccer team. He was like 11 years old um, and it's just destroyed his parents, as you could imagine, you know, but being on the team, it was like we had lost a super close friend as well. Like we'd, you know, go to, we go to pizza parties yeah. and everything, you know, birthday parties. When you're on a team like that, uh, it's, it's uh, another level of friendship and kind of like being a family member. And I remember when, when that happened, his dad started this fund, uh, for him in his son's name, his son, uh, it was Brett. And he started this fund that helped a lot of kids in the community, um, pay for their sports that couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And he turned that whole thing of uh, such a tragic loss and a horrible thing that probably just would have ate away at him for a long time into something positive that helped the community. And we were really proud to be a part of that on the team, uh, going out on the street corners with signs and stuff when that happened and uh, raising awareness and trying to turn something into a positive. Um, And with a sports team, it's cool to have that, network of people who care that you've been in relationship with that can act as a support system during that time and remember the good times as well as help each other out you know during the tough times as well
0: i think you're nailing it you know it goes very much back to the the mentality of an na or an aa group and and everything else is that uh you know it uh, kind of reminds me when we talked to david siegel uh, past episode, if you folks haven't listened, he suffered PTSD after returning from uh, Marine Corps service in the middle East where he talks about, uh, seeing fellow Marines that he could just give shit to that, uh, no one else could talk to you that way, but you can talk to each other that way because right. you've been there, you've been through it. And it's so important to have that support group. You know, oftentimes as a, a ex go, you know, Hey, we're not a normie. So someone that can drink and it's not a huge deal or, you know, they don't struggle with the issue, but, uh, But with us, we we get it. We understand. And, you know, kind of everybody needs that, you
1: know. And I think hopefully what this podcast can do for people is be that support system. You know, you may not have a bunch of teammates. You may not have somebody in your life that you can rely on for that kind of stuff. And you may feel like you're out on an island all alone with that. But this podcast and uh, all of our guests, I think, are good examples of people who, um, you know, use those
0: support systems, however minimal they are. Uh, to their own benefit yeah well and turn that into their advantage exactly you know which uh, we definitely have been getting a lot of great feedback from folks. That it's really making a difference. And so it means the world for us. And, you know, we appreciate you listening. And um, if you're catching the podcast, maybe for the first time, subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app. Leave us a five-star rating, a review, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Of course, go to kddmediacompany.com slash podcast. You know, it's funny how you were also talking, Chris, about, uh, you know, it reminds me very much, of course, of Carlos Vieira's book, which you can get knocking doors down by going to KDD Media Company com his autobiography when he talked about racing he had to do it you if know you ain't first you're <laughs> last <laughs> well
1: there was another good quote in the book too where carlos talks about like the fact that you have to want to help yourself first before you accept help from anybody uh yeah. besides you know your friends your family anybody you're not going to want to listen to that until you want to help yourself first so i think that selfish being selfish for yourself that's where that needs to start. That you need to take care of yourself first, and then you can start accepting help and um, you know making progress that way.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a whole part of it. You know, I again, I think that uh, if everybody kind of worked the twelve steps, it might really benefit from me. I saw this meme that was pretty funny, it reminded me of it, Chris. It was uh, the question was, which is the hardest uh, for you to say? I love you. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I need help. I appreciate you. Or Worcestershire sauce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The last
1: one probably, right. but no, uh, but that's a good point. I mean, those, those are things that kind of have a stigma in our society, yeah. especially men growing up, uh, you know, don't be a, don't be a baby, don't be a wuss, you know, you don't ask for help. Right. And that whole kind of mentality that I think a lot of people have been brought up with, you know, it's a, it's kind of a toxic mentality that you want to like keep that to yourself or don't reach yeah. out or it's not a problem. It's not an issue. And hopefully that's what we're doing here is knocking those doors down knocking those ideas and those preconceived notions and those um you know stigmas taking them and saying you know these are not taboo subjects these are everyday people everyday life everyday problems that uh, everybody has
0: yeah no longer no matter your celeb status or does matter your, your quote-unquote uh, everyday individual it's you're right doesn't I, matter i think it's great that we're
1: bringing celebrities that have these problems to show regular people that, Hey, regular people that were the, they have the same issues as us. And yes, they, they've, they've risen above them and they've gotten into a more fortunate position, but that doesn't mean we can't do that as well for our own selves, you know, yeah. and that there is light at the tunnel. And there's people that have a lot of problems that are doing well for themselves and they've adjusted and they've yeah. grown and they've learned and I think that's part of it.
0: Well, it's one of the things that impacted me about talking with Carmen Electra, Mikey, when we spoke to her. Oh, Carmen. Was, was, (laughs) you know, because I was was glad she got comfortable with us and I could ask her essentially about codependency in relationships because, you know, there's this thing, oh, you know, hey, it's, You know, hot chick and you know, exciting, famous dude, and all this stuff, and it's like, oh, that's so exciting. And she, no, she went through fucking hell in relationships.
3: Well, and then people telling her like, if you don't take away his drugs, or if you don't do this, if you don't do that, he's gonna die. It's like, how the fuck is that her responsibility? Yeah, Yeah, and then nobody force her. She didn't force any needles into anybody's arms or any coke up anybody's nose. That's a form form of
1: abuse too. It really is. Yeah, that's 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 a a form of psychological uh, abuse. I've
0: been there. I was with uh, in a relationship where someone fully knew that I had a problem but because when I was not in a sober state they would often get my quote unquote intensity mm-hmm. which both of you have been drunk with me so you mm-hmm. you, you might remember what it was like but mm-hmm. but it, their quote unquote intensity that that fueled their thing and talk about it in crazy uh, unhealthy terrible codependent situation that it was like yep I'll sure I'll I'll buy you more beer <laughs> but then it was what they would get out of me with what they wanted, and it's just this it's it's fucked up, man, and it's it's part of the shit that's kind of got to end as we're f- sitting there finding purpose because I know for me what you were saying, Chris, about men with emotions, I was allowed to I was allowed to be happy or angry, nowhere in between, yeah, uh, and let alone that I can experience both of those at the same time. Yeah. Let alone the gambit of all the motions yeah, and everything it's much else. more complex than just black and white like that. Yeah.
3: I'm thinking of my relationships too in the past with, you know, because I'm not, just to be clear to anybody listening, I'm not in recovery. I'm not a former addict or anything like that. But I did abuse cocaine and I did just stop. So in my relationships i don't think like jason was saying how girls would you know they would come with more beer and stuff like that i always hid mine and i always felt like i did relatively well hiding it because i would have to have been on it for almost damn near the whole day for somebody to like realize because i'd start grinding my jaw and all that kind of stuff get that going but i never i never had anybody get it for me i never was like trying to I got to a point where I would never like try to share with any because I just wanted to keep it to myself so I can do it all by myself right you know what I mean (laughs) so it wasn't just like I need more to go on and a girl oh okay I'll get you some I wanted to keep all that shit to myself like nope nope you don't need to know what I'm doing because I don't want your pity I don't want you to feel sorry for me I don't want you to worry about me I got this leave me the hell alone it's not a problem I got it pretty much all figured out or so I thought at the time you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but
0: no, that's absolutely where I got. I just started isolating and, you know, it's just like, nah, I'm going to do this in the darkness. Yeah. I'm going to do this in the darkness. I'd
3: fake a phone call and go to the bathroom and then bust out a couple slugs, toot those <sighs> things up my
0: nose, and then I'd be on my happy way, you know, and then had to stop. A lot of exciting episodes headed your way. And of course, in the archives, Mikey, who we got for him other than Carmen Electra, of course.
3: Scott Staff from Creed, baby. Yeah, he was fun. That was a good one. What I got out of Scott was, you know, he was just well, not what I got. I already knew this going in. He's a fucking rock star. You know, yeah. you're on the stage. The party scene is what you do. It comes with the job. Yeah. That's it, it, how do you stay sober doing that? And it's people do it, and I more power to them because that has got to be a job in itself saying sober when you're on stage in a fucking huge name like that yeah oh my gosh
0: yeah i can only imagine
3: so what i got out of it i i don't know your guys are just gonna have to listen for yourself and get what you get out of it but i just more power to him for being sober and yep. still rocking and rolling and his new album's fucking dope
1: yeah so absolutely shit. uh mr moreno anything else you'd like to throw out there uh just be good to each other out there um and feel free to reach out to us here at knocking doors down anytime you guys like are dealing with stuff and you just looking for someone to talk to maybe you have a story to share uh reach out to us on our facebook and social media as well as the website we're always listening
0: yep yep and we we do reply to your direct messages and we appreciate those coming in uh, Mikey, anything else you'd like to add no I want to touch
3: on exactly what Chris just said feel free to reach out to us guys like Jason you've been getting a lot of people contacting you like thanking you for what you know we're doing on the podcast here awesome I have myself and I love it don't be shy don't hesitate please we would love to hear from each and every one of you even if it's you know even if you're not going through anything you just want to say something nice and if you don't want to say something nice hey I welcome those two <laughs> <laughs> right then we'll
0: extra ask you what the hell's going on yeah. with you yeah. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Keep knocking doors down.
2: Knocking
1: doors down. Real people, real stories, real life. Real discussions of life struggles, including addiction, relationships, finances, and more, but even more importantly, living with them, overcoming them, and conquering them. Celebrities, experts, and everyday people talk about how they were able to break through whatever life handed them by knocking doors down. New podcast episodes are available every Thursday. Subscribe now on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio app, or at KDDMediaCompany.com. This podcast
4: contains the views and. opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show the content here should not be taken as medical advice the content here is for informational purposes only and because each person is sharing their unique perspective please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work while we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate we welcome any comments suggestions or correction of bearers.